Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for refreshed and the D stands for discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a best-selling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters. And I'm Dawn Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two very good friends who love to talk books. Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Reading. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Dawn. Today, we're going to be talking about autobi authors, why they're good, why there's some negative sides to it, and also sharing some of our favorite autobi authors. But it's been a while since we've just kind of done a general check-in on how things are going. Um, so we're going to do that first. And Dawn, how is life over there? Uh, how's it gone for you? Well, like in the past, maybe 72 hours, it's finally felt like it's getting back to normal. We had two major winter weather events, which we are not okay with. (laughs) And those of you who don't understand why Texans freak out so bad in winter weather, the words wintry mix are terrifying, just so you know that. (laughs) But it's because we get ice. We don't get Mm -hmm. light, fluffy, pretty snow. We get ice. Mm -hmm. And so we've had we had one of those and then everything melted for like a day and then bam, it hit again. So today it's supposed to be back in the sixties. I feel like all is right with the world again. Yeah. So Yeah. I think we get picked on about the weather, but no one can do anything in ice. Like right. even if you're from a wintry place, you can't walk on ice, you know, unless you have special shoes, you can't drive on it. Um, so we get stuck at home. And I think we're all still traumatized from the weather event last year where Texas lost power and we were huddled in our houses with uh, no heat. So yeah, it's been a little bit of crazy two weeks. Um, for me, I have kind of completely flipped my life upside down a little bit, uh, as I tend to do sometimes, but, um, I've decided to take a six month sabbatical from most of my writing duty, you know, with my job. So writing anything or doing the promotion stuff and, you know, I'm still keeping a couple of things. I'm keeping this podcast, of course. Um, Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Because this is fun. This doesn't feel like work. Um, And I'm also keeping my newsletter, but I've decided that I needed some time to kind of creatively reboot and get my life in order over here at the house, because, you know, my son was wearing the same jeans three days in a row (laughs) because I hadn't had time to do laundry and we were eating hot dogs again, even though I have 3000 cookbooks, you know, to cook from. Um, So yeah, I'm going to be taking some time off, but hopefully that will mean good things for the podcast because that means I'm going to have more reading time. Yes. And I was excited because this weekend I read two books like right in a row that were non-client work, which is like huge for me to have that kind of time. So (laughs) sleeping, I mean, really who needs that anyway? (laughs) Yeah. Cause Dawn, you're a binge reader. You're so funny to me because like you can't read in chunks. It's like, if she started a book, she's finishing that book that day. So, oh yes, I finished one on, on Saturday and one on Sunday. So yes, I absolutely finished them both right in a row. <laughs> yeah. And I'm completely different. I'll binge sometimes, but usually I'm like an hour here, two hours there. I did movie binge watching this weekend. I watched um, Marry Me and Reality Bites. So if you follow my newsletter, I have to do um, romantic movie marathon reviews in there. So um, I have a couple now coming up, but yeah, so things are good. We're now warm and yes. I'm now sabbatical <laughs> I'm going to make that a verb. 
I remember when I first learned that word, I always pictured like someone just sitting by a pool, like 1940s <laughs> style with like the swim cap on and the very modest bathing suit, just lounging, you know, that has not been my life so far. <laughs> <laughs> the first two weeks of it have actually been kind of chaotic. My darling little puppy Leonard ate a post-it note. So I had to go and bring him to the vet to get x-rayed because apparently that can block, you know, their system. So no blue has come out the other end, but he's okay. So it might just live in him always. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's been a little hectic, actually. I haven't had the lying by the pool. I don't have a pool, but uh, lying on the couch reading and all that hasn't happened too much yet, but I'm, I'm going to get there, I promise. Um, but okay, so getting to our topic today, um, auto by authors, which is hard to say. So when we stumble on the word throughout the podcast, we apologize ahead of time. <laughs> because it's a tongue twister, please, but please stay tuned afterwards for all of the outtakes that you're going to have from this episode. Right. So first, in case you haven't heard of the term, an autobiography, see, I already did it. An autobiography um, is exactly what it sounds like. So this is an author who no matter what they write, you see their name on the book and you are buying it. You're not even necessarily reading the back cover to decide. You just know that author has a book. I'm going to get it. Um, this is a hard list to get on for both me and Don. So, cause we're picky readers. So if you're on that list, that means, you know, it's a big deal, but there are a lot of benefits to having your auto buys that you can go to those authors that you can count on. So Don, what are some of the reasons why it's a good thing to have a big list of auto buy authors? Well, I think one of the best ones is that you know what you're getting. Mm -hmm. You, and I know some authors write in different genres or, you know, similar authors that write under different pen names, but you know that it's the same person and they're going to have a very similar voice. But I know when I pick up a certain author's book, I know if I'm going to laugh. I know if I'm going to cry. I know if I'm going to not sleep for the next two weeks. I know what's coming. Yeah. And what you were saying about authors writing different things, I, even I do that. So I have my erotic romance and then I have my contemporary romance, but many, many of my readers read both because they like my voice, the themes that I write to, um, even though like the steam levels are different in them, it's still the same tone. Um, if you like my writing, you're probably going to like both. Um, also you're supporting an author you love. So if you really think somebody's doing great work, you're supporting them by every time they come out with a book, you're pre-ordering it you're automatically getting it um, because you want them to keep writing books. Because if you don't buy the author's books, eventually they don't get more contracts and they don't sell more books. So um, that author goes away. But yeah, there's all kinds of different good reasons. Decreasing decision fatigue is definitely one of them where you don't have to yes. worry about the thousand books that you have in your TBR. That might just be me <laughs> with the thousand. No, I, with everything that we've had going on recently, I really have felt the decision fatigue whenever I actually have a minute to sit down and read. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, okay, I'm going to pick this up and it's good. And that's prevented me. Now I did venture out. The two books I read this weekend were both by authors who were new to me, mm -hmm. but it's really easy when everything else is going crazy to slip back into that. Oh, I'll just pick up this one because I know what this is going to be, especially if there's a long backlist that you can fall into. Yeah. And what I tend to do, I tend to like save my auto buy author sometimes. Like I'll buy the book immediately when it comes out, but then like I go to it when I am in that decision fatigue place of like, I know what I'm going to get. Like 
Bridgerton novels with Julia Quinn. I read, there's eight of them. I read them over like three or four years because I would like save it for that moment where I'm like, I'm tired. I don't want to risk on a new author. I just want to know what I'm getting. Um, and then I was, I'd still have one of those like pieces of chocolate in the box that I know I could go to. It would make me happy. Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of, I can sometimes hoard them a little bit. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of positive things, but there's also a bad side to auto buy authors. So Dawn, what's the negative side? One, the main one is that you get stuck and you're not expanding those horizons. So you get this one author that you always go to and you miss out on a bunch of other fun authors adjacent to that one. Right. So this is your dad who will only read James Patterson or your teen who gets stuck on that one series. And all they read is that one series and the fan fiction of that series, which there's nothing wrong with that. I have been that teen for sure, getting lost in the series and all of that. But sometimes you get so lost in just one author that every other book out there passes you by and there could be great things that you're reading. Um, and then when that author doesn't have another book out, you stop reading because you have nothing else, you know, um, to go to. So we don't want you guys getting stuck. Um, we don't want you in reading slumps because you made it through their whole backlist. So the other bad side is their books can start to sound the same. So I don't care how good the author is, you know, Stephen King writes fantastic books and he writes them all across different types of books. But if you read a Stephen King book, it has a certain Stephen Kingness about it. So if you read 10 of them in a row, it's going to, you're going to start picking up words that he uses a lot or, you know, character structures that he uses a lot or whatever. Like it's going to get a little bit redundant and a little bit dry. Um, so if you break them up, it can help a lot. Cause I don't, like I said, I don't care how good the author is. We can't sound hundred percent different <laughs> every time. So you're going to end up seeing those things where you wouldn't see them if you weren't reading, you know, them back to back to back and reading nothing else. So, well, and often authors fall back onto the same themes. Mm -hmm. They have certain themes or certain tropes that they enjoy, and that's what their books are based on. And then after you get through, especially some of these that have like 20 or 30 books in their backlist, after you get through a good amount of those, you can start to predict the book. Yes. Yeah. I would guess that, especially in the genres you read, Dawn, with suspense and mystery, that's even more of a problem. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that takes a little bit of the fun out of it sometimes. Yeah. So those are kind of some of the downsides to having people that you always go to. Right. So if you find yourself in this position or you have a dad <laughs> or a teen, <laughs> um, how do you get unstuck from this? How do you start finding other authors? Because a lot of times you've tried other authors. So say you have your auto buy and you've read all of their books, you've read all of Twilight and you and I'm not making fun of Twilight because I loved Twilight. So no shade. Um, Team but, Jacob forever. Yeah. <laughs> Team Edward. Um, but you've read all the Twilights back in the day and you knew you liked vampires, but then you would try some other vampire novel and it was like, oh, this doesn't scratch the itch that I want because it's not the original, you know, that you love so much. So what are other ways you can get unstuck is looking at, what are other readers who loved what you loved buying? So on Amazon, this is called the also, also, see, these are the words, y'all. Why is it so many words in this episode <laughs> that are hard? Okay. Also bots um, is Amazon's little list of what, you know, what the other customers have bought that have bought this book. Now I will warn you lately, I've noticed at least on my Amazon 
that I'm not getting the also bought list. I'm getting sponsored content completely or what I've previously bought. So I don't know if they're going away from that, but I'm really sad because I would find really good books that way. Mm-hmm. Dawn, are you seeing the same thing? I am. And just because again, we're in this world and we think that people know things and sometimes we have to explain them that sponsored, that little bitty gray sponsored word there means that somebody paid for that to be there. And so it's not necessarily connected at all to what you're looking at. Yeah. It's not necessarily a good recommendation. It might be, but a lot of authors pin their sponsored content to kind of big hits when it might not have anything to do with what that hit, you know, that hit book was about. Um, So what I like to look for now is the readers also enjoyed on Goodreads. So Goodreads is less, you know, sponsored content than Amazon is. Um, So in the upper right-hand corner of your book page, when you're looking at the book you love, um, it'll say readers also enjoyed and it'll have the list. And then under that, there's also something that says see similar books. So you can click see similar books. And what's nice about these is that they're not like curated choices. They're actually just what other people who read this book loved and, you know, bought or put on their list. So you'll get stuff that's not necessarily like, say it's a vampire novel. They're not all going to be vampire novels. It might be some urban fantasy of another type, or it might be a contemporary, um, but it has the same themes. So you'll find some things that you might not have just stumbled on as readers of this, like this. Um, It's a little bit more varied, I find, on Goodreads. So, and it's based on reader behavior. So I find it's been more accurate for me. And I always, I I wrote a um, newsletter last week about stunt memoirs and how much I like them. And when I was looking for more of those, I went on, you know, other like the happiness project or whatever. And I looked at similar books and I found a bunch of different ones that I hadn't heard of. So it really can um, work. But Dawn, what are some other ways to kind of get unstuck? Well, social media has a lot of options for this. Um, I personally am not on TikTok because my um, college age children are on TikTok and they're like, oh my God, mom, please do not. So I'm not supposed to be on there, but I do sneak on there from time to time. Um, (laughs) But they have book talk, just like they have bookstagram and they have booktube. And so these are people who a lot of times they do do book reviews, but they, if you follow certain ones, you'll see, oh, I really enjoyed this book. And they'll talk about that. And then they'll be like, oh, and if you really enjoyed this book, then you need, you got to check out this one. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of the normal way we usually recommend books. Right. Whenever you start talking to somebody and especially when people find out like what I do and they're like, oh, I love to read. What should I read? And I'm like, okay, what have you read? Mm-hmm. And when they're like, oh, I loved this, then I can rattle off things that are connected to that. Um, another place you can find that is in reader groups on Facebook. And authors usually have their own reader groups. And of course, those groups are based on the, that author's books, usually. Sometimes somebody will pop in and be like, hey, I've read your whole backlist. Can anybody here recommend something similar? but they have all these other Facebook groups. Now, some of them are kind of scary. I will not lie. (laughs) Um, I have a very good friend who I know listens to our podcast and she reads everything. And she every now and then sends me um, screenshots from some of these Facebook groups that I'm like, you need to go disinfect your eyes. I don't know what to do. (laughs) Um, But they have one of them that I'm in is, I think I've mentioned before is help name that book. 
Mm-hmm. And people will say, I really enjoyed this book by this person. I want something like it. And then like 70 people will tell you, oh, you need to read this. And after you read that, you need to read this. And then you need to read that one. So if you step out of the author centric groups and mm-hmm. into the, some, you know, I like to read mysteries. I like to read big blue aliens, some of those kind of groups, you can find a whole new set of books. Yeah, for sure. And some author groups, it'll only be about that author. And, and some authors don't let other book discussion besides their own books, which I think is ridiculous personally. <laughs> I, like in my author group, I'm like, Hey, what are y'all reading? Tell me, I want to know. <laughs> Cause I want books. Yes. Um, but yeah. And also if there are groups attached to like podcasts, you like, so we don't have, we have a Facebook page, but we don't have, um, a set Facebook group, but a lot of times I'll go on to the other book podcasts I listen to, and there's full of readers in those groups and they'll be sharing their recommendations too. Um, and then like Goodreads, I think I've mentioned before, there's an app called Storygraph or a website. They also have a browse similar books feature, but it's a little different. Um, than Goodreads, because the way that Storygraph works is you rate books on these certain characteristics. Was it emotional? Was it character driven? And you like click check boxes. Everybody's clicking the same list. So then they use those words to categorize books. And so if you get your similar recommendations on that, they're basing it on, okay, you tend to read emotional character driven, blah, 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 genre books. And so it'll take everyone that has been rated that way and give you those um, recommendations. So you can get different stuff on there. I've had good luck and bad luck on Storygraph with the recommendations. Some are eh, a little bit stretch um, because it is based on what people are rating it. And some people don't know what character driven means. <laughs> so, <laughs> so readers are not rating that correctly. Um, but yeah, it is another option. Um, and then Cover quotes. Dawn, what's a cover quote? What are we talking about when we're talking about that? Well, this is where you read on the front of the book, or sometimes you'll see it in the Amazon blurb, where it'll say, like, if you're a fan of Ronnie Loren, you will love this book. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those are very true and right on the nose. And sometimes those are, they picked somebody hoping that it would show up in the keywords. So you have yeah. to kind of watch that. But sometimes they can be very helpful. Yeah. I find the bigger the book it's saying it's like the less accurate it is. So like if it was a huge bestseller um, and they're saying it's like that huge bestseller, those aren't always accurate because they're just trying to get, remember, like we talked about twilight, every book was the next twilight for like Mm -hmm. five years, (laughs) every YA book that had any paranormal element, even if it was fairies and a complete fantasy and not anything to do with vampires and stuff, it would be like the next twilight. So be careful with those. Um, You'll also see sometimes author quotes, you know, on covers, which they'll try to find an author to quote it, who they think the book is like. So they're only going to ask authors like my books to quote on my books. They're only going to ask me to quote books that are similar to mine. So if you see an author, your favorite author is blurbing is what it's called, quoting a book and saying they love the book. Now they're not always hundred percent accurate because you know it can be they're asking for a friend or whatever, but um, and Stephen King blurbs everything, you guys. Stephen King <laughs> blurbs everything because he reads so much, I guess, but um, he's enthusiastic about it all, which I think is kind of sweet. Um, but yeah, so those, sometimes you can find your author that you love, your auto buy, quoting other books, and you can find some new authors that way. Um, 
And then we talked about in our budget episode, which was um, our last episode about libraries. And one of the services that libraries give you um, is that librarians do reader advisory. So they're part of their job and what they get trained on is for a reader to come to them and say, I love James Patterson. What else can I read that's going to give me that same feeling? And they're happy to do that and happy to help. That's why they're in that job. That's probably the most fun part of the job because they got a lot of not right. They're waiting for that to happen. Yes. Please don't make me file something else. I want to want this to happen. Right. So don't be afraid to ask your librarian. They will know what other people who check those books out also check out. They'll have a lot more insight um, than you know you would expect. Also booksellers um, fall into that category too. So if you go to your local indie bookstore, their job is also reader advisory. So talk to them and they can recommend some books for you. Well, and we've talked about before in some of the indie bookstores, the fun part is going up and reading where they have the staff picks. Right, the shelf talkers. And they'll, they'll have the little shelf talkers that tell you why this person picked that book. Mm-hmm. If you can go find that person, if they're working that day and be like, hey, I see that you love this. Tell mm-hmm. me, what, what else do you read? Right, Absolutely. And then straight up Googling always can help too. So I do this when I'm, you know, I like weird subgenres. So if I'm looking for another stunt memoir, if I'm looking for a time loop book, like the Groundhog Day time loop thing, like I'll just Google it and see. And a lot of times book bloggers will come up with list. So you'll find list of books by people, you know, from book bloggers from years ago or from current times, but you can always find books that are similar to that author. So you can say, I'm looking for books like, you know, X author and you'll find stuff. So don't be afraid to just straight up Google as well. Now, um, those are our kind of tips about auto by authors, but now we get to the good part, which is what are, who are our auto by authors? And I said it without stumbling. (laughs) Points for me. So we're going to talk about all the authors we love And these may be authors that we recommended before. We're trying to give y'all some new books from these people. And we're going to talk mostly about how, what we love about that author, how we feel when we pick up that book and what we're expecting. Yeah. We didn't want to give um, full descriptions of each of these books because we want to kind of go through the list relatively quickly, Um, but it'll give you a place to start with these authors. So if you're interested in the kind of themes that they write to you or that feeling that we're going to talk about, you'll know you can go look for them and we'll tell you which book we think you should start with. Um, so first we're going to go to romance, obviously, because, you know, romance is always first. Um, and I will say, and Dawn is too, we are very picky readers. So for somebody to make it on this list, it's a hard thing to get on my list, especially in romance, because it's my own genre. So I'm super, super picky. Um, so my romance auto buys, um, are, I have, and this is, this is not an exclusive list in the sense of, I'm not telling you my only autobi authors in this genre. I'm just picking cherry picking some. So, um, are Christina Lauren and Colleen Hoover. So both of these will give me different things. Christina Lauren, they always have a little bit, it's a duo. So I'm going to say they, um, but they always have some sort of like women's fictiony elements, I feel like in their romance. So it's a little bit extra um story about the main character than just to focus on the romance um there's usually good emotional content content in it they're usually funny without being slapstick because i'm not a person who loves slapstick in my rom-com um so i feel like they do a good balance of humor and snark um and fun but also some serious themes so if you want to start um 
pretty much Christina Lauren's books. The good thing about their books is that they write standalones and not series. So you can kind of pick up anyone that sounds interesting to you and you're not going to be lost or need to catch up on characters. Um, for me, I picked that I would start with love and other words, which I've talked about on the podcast before. This is one of their more emotional ones. So they're not all as deeply emotional. Some are a little bit more lighthearted, um, but this was my personal favorite. So love and other words by Christina Lauren. And then if you want emotional, emotional, um, I go to Colleen Hoover. So she writes, she's kind of across a couple of genres to me. So they're romance, but there's also like a nod to new adult um, kind of the vibes of new adult where you have lots of angst and lots of emotion and like, you know, deep characters and, you know, character driven for me, y'all know is, is my, my uh, bread and butter. So Colleen Hoover, I would start with, it ends with us. Um, I have talked about this in the podcast, trigger warnings for domestic violence. Um, but it is a fantastic book, really well done. Um, very emotional. So those are my two romance picks. Dawn, what are your romance well, picks? And before I start giving my picks, I know you kind of touched on this, but we have to, I think we really need to make a point of this is not an exhaustive list. Mm-hmm. We, this episode would be four hours long <laughs> if we got to tell you about everybody that we wanted to. And being in this business, we know some of these people. So if you're not on this list, we still love you. Right. <laughs> it's just Ronnie limited us on how long we could talk. So <laughs> me, me, Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie has so, to edit the podcast. So Ronnie doesn't right, want to do our podcast. Right. <laughs> right. So we, we have to limit ourselves. Um, I have to say on my romance list, of course, for deep emotional reads is always Ronnie's books. I do read all of Ronnie's books. I pay her to say this. No. <laughs> in case so. She pays me in cheese, y'all. <laughs> but um, all deep emotional reads, usually at least one moment where you are either going to be reaching for a box of tissues or you just want to go find the character and hug them and bring them with you to have queso and margaritas and let them know the world's going to be okay. So um, I would say start with the ones who got the one who got away. That's where you could start. And then she's got this great backlist of erotic romance too, but start with the one that got away. And then my other, if I'm in the mood just to kind of like cry and feel and all of that, my other two recommendations is uh, are uh, Maya Hughes, who every single one of her books, there is this moment where I'm always just like, it's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> um, and for her, I would say start with The Art of Falling for You. And that is a the first book of a trilogy. It doesn't in a cliffhanger. I will go ahead and put that out there, but it's amazing. And then the other one is Marie Johnston. And she writes a series, but it's a um, series that you don't have to know everything that's happened. You could pick up at any point in the series. But I would say start with Make Me Whole on that one. That one does involve a lot of grief. So if you're in a place where you've lost somebody recently, that's going to, that's going to hit hard. And then um, I got a little bit crazier with my romance because I read all the different romances. So dark romance, and this is just, we're just going to say all the trigger warnings for everything you can imagine on these. And as always, if you ever want to know specifically about a trigger warning, or if you ever want to know more about a book or an author that we're recommending, hit us up on social media. We are happy to talk to you about it and make sure that it's the book for you. 
So super quick, dark romances. And I kind of put them like in order of darkness. So <laughs> Eva Charles, super, super hot alpha heroes, usually a hint of suspense. You do not want to read these where, you know, you're sitting next to your mother on a couch or anything like that. Um, for her, I would say start with The Devil's Duet. And the first book in that duet is Depraved. And again, it is a duet. It ends on a cliffhanger. It ends on a huge cliffhanger. So be prepared for that. Okay. So you might have been listening to Dawn talk about um, dark romance, but we had another power outage situation, which is the second time this has happened <laughs> during a call. Um, and we think we blew out Dawn's microphone, but it was her neighborhood's fault. Um, yes. <laughs> it wasn't was, us. <laughs> no. And she was literally talking about something ending on a cliffhanger and then her entire computer went dark on my end. <laughs> so if we sound a little different, um, that is why we're recording the next day for the second half of this. Um, if you hear a dog barking in the background, normally we schedule this during puppy nap time and it right. is not puppy nap time. So, um, you know, Leonard might make a cameo appearance, but, um, moving on, Dawn, you were talking about Eva Charles, dark romance, autobiographers. So, yes, that's what I was talking about. And, and also I have to throw in here as well with the dog barking in the background, also, you might hear murmuring in the background because normally we plan this when my husband doesn't have his meetings and he has a meeting going right now too. So thank you for staying with us. Technology hates us. And hopefully I'm not going to have to replace a microphone. Um, so as I was saying about dark romance, we talked about Eva Charles and that hers is dark and I'm scared to say these words, but it ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> okay. You're still here. We're good. <laughs> the universe didn't cut me off. Um, moving forward from that, as I said, I kind of put these in order of darkness. My next autobiography for that is Delaney Foster. She has dark, questionable heroes. I mean, you love them anyway, but they are making some really shady decisions. And um, super hot, great love scenes. I would suggest on hers to start with Mischief Night. And then if you are going like to the deepest, darkest corners... Um, and you want beyond morally questionable heroes. Like these are the heroes that you love borrowing them for the two or three hours it takes you to read this book, but you don't actually want to have them. Um, I would fully recommend Emily McIntyre. She is a super auto buy for me. Um, and I would say start with Scarred. Okay. It, my, my friend Leonard is barking in the background. So <laughs> I apologize, you guys. Um, I didn't put my dark romance on this list, but I do have some authors that I love. I've talked about them in a previous episode. So when we talked about dark romance, if you want to go back and hear who I love in that genre, um, I definitely have a long list there. So, so opposite of dark romance, we have the rom-coms and mine, of course, we talk about how sometimes Ronnie doesn't appreciate the over the top slapstick, laugh out loud, funny type things. My two autobiographers for that are Delancey Stewart, absolutely crazy situations, witty banners, snarky heroines, awesome. For hers, I would say start with Happily Ever His. And then um, the other side of that is Nadia Lee, which Nadia Lee does have some dark books too. So you got to watch which ones you're getting from her. They're both awesome. But if you're looking for rom-coms, I would say start with Stealing the Bride for her. And then I threw in a random thing on the end here. And that is, um, if you're looking for a good travel romance to where you really feel like you're there, 
Um, my recommendation for that is Megan Rowe. And for her, you would start with an adventurer's manifesto, which sounds kind of like literary fiction-y. It's not. It's a fun, let's go travel the world and fall in love type book. All right. And mine, um, I we kind of just randomly picked our different genres today. Obviously, we probably have autobiographers and all kinds of different genres, but we would be here for three hours. So we're just kind of cherry picking here. Um, I wanted to share one of my general fiction authors that is my autobi, um, and that's Taylor Jenkins Reid. I have talked about her on multiple episodes before, so that's not going to be news to some of you, but she started writing um, women's fiction originally, and that's when I found her. So with Taylor Jenkins Reid, if you want to start with her women's fiction, I would go with One True Loves, which is what I started with, um, and I tend to love her women's fiction a little bit more than her general fiction. I really like her general fiction, but they're a little bit more um, involved of a read, so I don't pick up those as easily. Um, but if you want to start with one of those, um, you can start with The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. So it's about a starlet and, you know, goes through her life and um, is really well written. So if you want to just try her out, those are the two ones you can start with. Well, and of course, I have to talk about Jane Harper because we know that I love her. And I would put her under general fiction. Hers have some sense of mystery to them usually, or a little bit of a suspense, something has happened, but it feels more general fiction or literary fiction than it does like a classic thriller suspense, that kind of thing. Um, deep atmospheric reads with just a hint of mystery and always a lot of tension, like a lot of, I think I know something and you're talking to this person and I don't know if it's safe for you to be telling this person what you're telling them. So a lot of tension there. Um, her books, the uh, first one is The Dry and it's listed as, I think, Detective Aaron Falk novel number one or something like that. But there is no number two at this point. So her books are not necessarily connected in a series. So I would suggest starting with The Survivors. I think, did The Dry become a, a TV show? Yes, they made a movie out of it, um, like in Australia, it was like a real movie, and I watched it recently on Netflix, and it's actually very good, it's a slow moving, and I don't mean that as in it like drags, but it's a slow burn type mystery. And this is how I discovered that slow burn type mysteries are not my thing, because <laughs> Dawn loved the dry, and I tried to read it, and I read it, and I could, it was well written, but for me, it was a little too slow, so um, that's how you discover what you like, right? Next, I'm moving to fantasy um, and sci-fi. So we kind of lump these two together and my fantasy reads, and I tend to read not high, high fantasy. Oh my God. Can you hear him? You hear something. This is going to be so hard to edit. Hold on. Okay. We have instituted the emergency peanut butter Kong <laughs> protocol. I need to talk fast. <laughs> Okay, next up is fantasy and sci-fi, um, but my two picks are Lee Bardugo and V.E. Schwab. I've talked about both in previous episodes, so feel free to go back and listen to more in-depth discussions of their books. But for Lee Bardugo, I would start with Shadow and Bone, which is a YA fantasy series. It's also a Netflix series, so it's easy to kind of get into, and then there's a bunch of books. Um, it's trilogy first, and then it has spinoff books. And then for V.E. Schwab, I recommend The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, which is one of our rad reading picks from early on. Um, it's a fantastic book. It stands alone for now. I'm hoping that she'll write more in that series. But if you really want a series, um, you can pick up Vicious, which is the one with the 
superheroes in it um, that I really liked. And it has two books in that one. So that's V.E. Schwab. Dawn, you have some sort of sci-fi stuff for us, right? I do. And I haven't had a chance to read The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue or Vicious yet. I have them like waiting for me. So I've got to get to those. Um, I have some high fantasy that I would love to recommend right now, but they're not out yet. So I'm going to hold those for later episodes. But this is where I got to go back to my big blue aliens. I mean, if we want to talk auto buys, we know me and my aliens, we're going to auto buy. So not really fantasy, but if you're looking for something different, then strongly suggest Ruby Dixon um, with her start with Ice Planet Barbarians. She has several other alien-ish type series, but start with the Ice Planet Barbarians and then Callie Rhodes for the Boundaryland series, which starts with Kian and Marlo Roy. If you're looking for something to kind of dip your toe into a megaverse, she's got great stuff going on. And I would start with the Alpha Salvation for her. If you have no idea what Dawn's talking about with Omegaverse, we have talked about that in earlier episodes. So go back. You should be listening to all of us in order, you guys, because yeah. we do build on things. We go back <laughs> and reference or- things. Hit me up on social media. I'll totally like make you really sorry you asked, but I will tell you all about it. <laughs> all right. And Dawn, you have some thrillers, suspense, or mystery for us as well, of right? Of course I do. And again, y'all, Ronnie is like limiting me um, <laughs> because we know I could give you any kind of recommendation, any kind of autobi author you want on this. You tell me what you like. I can tell you what to buy. But I limited myself to two of my real autobuys, Riley Sager is one of them. With the caveat, generally Ronnie reads it first and tells me if it's not approved. <laughs> if it's too scary, then Don can't read it. Right. They, they border on horror. Her, her yes. or his his, his. Books border on horror. Yeah. I like the ones that he writes that are just enough to, you know, give me chills, but not enough to keep me laying awake at night wondering what that noise is outside, because we live in the country and there's all sorts of noises outside. And then the other side of that, Laura Griffin has, she has several series, but hers are usually, they're a solid mystery not so much suspense and thrilleriness to it. So you don't have that. I'm scared to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night feeling, but you definitely get the, I've got to figure out this puzzle. And I don't know why these people are acting that way. And for her, I would say, start with hidden, which is the first book in the Texas murder files. And then just like Dawn has to give mystery and suspense recommendations. I have to give my nonfiction self-helpy book um, recommendations. So my two nonfiction picks, if you like kind of that self-help, improve your life kind of space um, are Gretchen Rubin and Cal Newport. I literally buy everything they write. It doesn't even matter. Like Cal Newport recently wrote one called a world without email. I'm not in a job that requires a ton of email yet. I bought the book anyway. <laughs> so I haven't read it yet, but, um, so if you want to start with Gretchen Rubin, um, her, debut was the happiness project and at least her debut in that space. I think she was writing other things before, but that's a really easy one. It's kind of low investment. You know, she's just doing an experiment a month to try to improve um, her life. And they're really fun, but she has happier at home and she's got other things kind of in that same space. And I've loved all of them. And then deep work by Cal Newport is my favorite. So that's the one I would start with. If you want to nerd out 
about productivity. So, and who doesn't want to nerd out about productivity, Dawn? <laughs> yeah. And those are the books I let Ronnie read. And then she tells me, okay, you need to read this chapter, this chapter, and this chapter, especially yeah. with Cal Newport. I know you love him. He, he doesn't speak my language. <laughs> yeah. Cal Newport is a professor and he writes like a professor. So now I love that. So I'm that kind of nerd. But um, yes, for Dawn, I write the blog post with all the yes. bullet points and Dawn gets the point through that. So I greatly yes. appreciate that about you. <laughs> all right, you guys, we made it through our list of autobiographers with barking dogs and talking husbands and electricity outages and all of that. So thank you for being here yep. with us and putting up with all of it. We have now, I, the dog is not barking because he has a Kong filled with peanut butter. So we, <laughs> we, we have instituted into- the emergency <laughs> protocol. <laughs> yes. Dawn might have to throw her husband a sandwich or something. (laughs) We'll see. Well, and to add to this, Penny is laying next to me snoring like she's, you know, a freight train over here, but I'm hoping that's not picking up either. So if this is your first episode listening to us, please know that we normally have it much more together than this. Our sound is never causes this many issues, except for the time that Ronnie almost electrocuted herself. And if you don't know that story, you need to go look that one up. (laughs) Right. Also to do with a mic, but we have reached the point of our episode to do our rad reading recs of the week. Um, and so Dawn, what is your rad rec this week? I am so excited because I spent a, like a couple hours last night updating my reading journal, which again, if you're not familiar with our reading journals, if you're just getting introduced to us, you need to go back and listen to the reading journal episode. And I will be putting up pictures of what I updated on the reading journal on all of our social media because I had so much fun playing with my stickers and washi but I have been waiting for today so we could talk about Local Woman Missing by Mary Kubica Kubica I don't know Kubica with a K you guys with a K with a K K (laughs) K-U-B-I-C-A um this is not a new book this is a new book to me but I really enjoyed it it is super intense um Let me give you the story and then I'll give you some trigger warnings. The story is, is that there's two women who go missing in a very short amount of time in a pretty affluent neighborhood. And the second woman that disappears, her daughter, who is six, I believe at the time, disappears at the same time. And the story is told through a dual timeline and the timeline is not necessarily in the exact order you want it to be. So you find out things here and things there and it kind of, you got to pay attention to what's happening, but it's 11 years later and the daughter has returned. So the, there is a very, very super intense scene at the beginning where the daughter is escaping from where she's being held. And which is not a spoiler, you know, the daughter is going to return. That's in the blurb. I will tell you that was really kind of deep for me because she has to escape these really bad people. And so like I kept reading like a page or two and then I would set because I actually got the physical book. I wasn't on my Kindle. I would set the book aside and like go do something else and then come back and read like a page or two, which was kind of silly because like I knew she was going to escape. I know that the whole premise of this book is that she has returned. Still was kind of intense to read. So great mystery there's a several twists in it one twist I figured out very quickly and I I kind of wonder if the author expected you to be able to figure it out really quickly so you would be like oh 
well, okay. The two other twists I didn't get. So strongly suggest it. Awesome. Well, I actually am recommending like a mystery thriller too, which rarely happens. Um, and Leonard's going to join me with this one. If you can hear him in the background, his Kong has run out you guys. Um, but this is, we talked about in the last episode that I'm not great at lending books. I have only child syndrome and I want my stuff taken care of. Um, but I lent Dawn a book and I lent her this book. I was so excited and I have it. I have to show her y'all won't be able to see, but I have it right here. It's still in perfect condition. (laughs) I read it and it's very good. I, I fully support this recommendation. All right. So this is 56 days by Catherine Ryan Howard. Um, and it was one of my book of the month picks. So for those of you who are following my subscription challenge, I did read a book from a subscription. Yay. Um, and I really liked it. So this book is set in the early days of COVID in Ireland. So fair warning, COVID is part of this book. So if you're still kind of don't want to read books about that, this is not the book for you, but this guy and girl meet like at the grocery store, right? When lockdown is kind of about to happen. So things are starting to look bad and they're not really sure what's happening. You know, um, we kind of all already remember what that was like, but in Ireland, it was a little bit more extreme with the lockdown. Like you couldn't leave your household and you had to only be with people in your household. So they decide early when they start seeing each other dating, like first or second date, when they realize they're going to have to lock down at home alone, each, but by themselves, he has a better apartment. He has an extra bedroom. And he's like, why don't you just come stay with me? It doesn't have to be romantic, but it can, you know, we're just going to see how it goes and not be stuck alone. So they do that. Um, But someone not going to reveal who ends up dead. As you do when you spend time alone with strangers during a global pandemic, somebody's going to end up dead. This was not a good idea. Um, (laughs) But what I really liked about this is that it has a dual timeline. So you see the timeline of when they're meeting in the beginning of the pandemic. And then you jump to a different timeline where it's almost like a police procedural. You're with the cops who are investigating this person who is deceased and what happened. Um, So you jump back and forth and y'all know, I love, love a dual timeline. Um, This one had a lot of twists and turns. I did not guess most of them. Dawn was texting me her guesses along the way because that's what she does. And I just say noted and don't comment um, on it. But she guessed stuff um, earlier than I did because this is her genre and she's better at right. that than I am. I knew um, what I was looking for. So, yeah. So I did not, um, it tricked me a few times and I really liked, this is always my key for thrillers is if they have good characterization, they'll get me. Um, so this one had enough characterization to hold my character driven self, you know, attention. Um, but it still had all those twisty turny thriller elements. So I really liked it. Um, Dawn, you said the COVID part was a little tough for you to read. So a little triggery. It, it was harder than I expected it to be. And we'd already talked about that COVID was involved in it. And because we live kind of in this little bubble out here where a lot of that isn't an issue anymore, the thinking about wiping down the groceries and them only allowing one person to shop, you had to shop alone in the grocery store, all of those restrictions that were passed now that all kind of hit kind of hard for me of, oh yeah, I remember that. And that was no fun at all. Let's not do that again. Yeah, let's not. Um, So if you are not ready for that kind of thing, maybe put this one on the side for a little while um, and wait, but it isn't, um, the COVID is happening around them. So characters don't get COVID. You don't see people that are sick. They do not die from COVID. It's much worse. (laughs) Right, (laughs) much, much worse. Um, 
but yeah, I really liked it. So that is my rad rec for the week. I also like that it has like an eighties font on the front, like eighties, nineties, slashy font. Um, it's a cool cover. So check that one out, but that is the end of this episode. We have made it over two days and lots of (laughs) problems. The editing on this, you guys, y'all are going to get some bloopers at the end because I know there's going to be lots of stuff I have to cut out. So next time we will have it much more together next time. And don't make promises. We don't know if we can keep. (laughs) I've got to find out if this microphone is even going to work. I got to buy some new headphones. It's just, it's going to be a thing, but we got this. Thank you so much for listening. And we would love to know who your auto buy authors are, because we are always willing to add to that list. Yes. Bring us your list, bring us to the Facebook page or Instagram and share with us. Um, also next time our plan is to talk about historical romance and some historical mysteries since we're going to be celebrating Bridgerton season two. Um, so we'll bring you a stack of books to read in that genre, but until next time, we hope every book that you pick up is rad reading. Thanks you guys. Bye. On the opposite side of that, moving away from the dark romance, from from the dark ramen yes <laughs> i prefer light ramen <laughs> i don't like ramen at all so but what i do like are rom-coms we're gonna make it through this episode i swear it's gonna happen okay <laughs>